From the Clark Ford Studio in Oxford, Mississippi, MBW Digital proudly presents the Oxford Exxon Podcast. I'd say thanks for tuning in, but why am I going to give you a round of applause for something you're supposed to do, to be frank? And now, here are your hosts, Chase Parm. And broadcast school has really paid off. And Neil McCready. I deserve to be on TV. Welcome into this Monday edition of the Oxford Exxon Podcast. Back with you, Chase Parm, Neil McCready, Clark Ford Studio this morning. Busy week ahead. We'll talk, uh, kind of get you set up for that today. Spring football beginning this week. Ole Miss's Pro Day is on Wednesday afternoon. Ole Miss baseball uh, takes two out of three from Auburn, has a two and two week. State number one in at least a couple polls, it looks like. It is, it is one of those weird number one versus number ones this weekend in Oxford, Tennessee coming to town. They are number one in the perfect game, top 25. So, Vols and Rebels this weekend. Plenty of football. We got, we're got we down to 16 in the NCAA basketball tournament as well. So, that and more coming up on a show brought to you every single day by the Oxford Exxon Highway 6 West in Oxford. Lunch specials, 569, two sides, bread, 32-ounce drink. Tons of people coming into town this weekend. If you were doing so, stop in on your way in. You know, you can fill up right there at the pump. You can uh, take a picture of the QR code. You can download the Exxon mobile app when you do that. 1,000 bonus points, 1,000 bonus points equals $10 even at the pump you're filling up at the time. They're with all Blue Sky locations in Mississippi. They're out in North Mississippi, up and down I-55, and more. And again, coming to you from the Clark Ford studio. Clark Ford's in Amory, Mississippi, 662-257-1900 is that number. Call it, ask for Corey Clark. Tell Corey what Ford product you're looking for. He'll send you a quote within 15 minutes in business hours, right to the bottom line. No hassle, no haggle. You get your quote, the rest completely up to you. You can shop that quote around. You can do what I've done, what I recommend that you do, and that's hop into a Clark Ford today, 662-257-1900. Guest join on the Rafters Music and Food Hotline, Rafters Music and Food on the Square in Oxford. Great place to grab a burger or a po' boy, um, an appetizer, great beer selection, full bar, and more. Rafters Music on the Food, Rafters Music and Food on the Square in Oxford and also in New Albany. So, uh, let's see. You've got plenty of stuff. Where do you want to start? We're going to talk about Mr. McCurdy. Uh, it's up to you. I'm, I'm good. Whatever. We've got, got lots of stuff. Sweet 16. Terrible call last night at the end of a game. Oh, what happened? Um, I, I went to bed on the late games last night. TCU and uh, Arizona were tied at the end of regulation. And um, there was a play at midcourt where Arizona fouled TCU. Okay. They didn't call it. Um, it led to a turnover. And Arizona dunked what appeared to be the game winner, but it was after the buzzer because instead of laying it up, he dunked it. Um, so okay. he kept his hands on the ball too long. But it, the call had to either be a foul or a backcourt. Oh, okay. It had to be one or the other because he still possessed the ball when he fell down in the backcourt. They just choked. And then Arizona dominated the overtime. Which was typically what happens when, when those – yeah, you know, the – it's kind of funny because suddenly in March it becomes, hey, the officiating is really bad. Let's really make it a storyline. It's bad all year. We yeah. just see it nonstop over the course of so many games and with so many people watching It impacted with more the, money on the line, all those kind of things over the course of those, those two weeks. It impacted the Illinois-Houston game. Illinois was making a run, and uh, they got a breakaway on a dunk, and the kid yeah, good dunked God. Him. And if he doesn't hang on to the rim, he, he, gets, kills himself. he gets hurt. Um. And so he hung onto the rim and swung his momentum back the other way, which would be a really cool thing to be able to do. But um, they called a technical on it. So they totally took away the momentum of that play. And I I thought the game, 
I thought Houston was the better team. If you watched Houston this weekend against uh, UAB and then against um, Illinois, yeah, Houston looks like a Final Four caliber team right now, the way they're playing. But any chance Illinois had of getting back into that game got taken away by the officiating. And you always kind of hate to see that. I thought the end of the Duke-Michigan State game was poorly officiated. Duke was the better team, and, and Paolo Boncaro played really well. But any chance Michigan State had of, of winning that game kind of got taken away from them by the officials. So, I don't know. It's fine. It's, look, the tournament's great. I've watched a ton of it. It's 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 fantastic TV. It they say al- it's a great TV event. Is what it, it always has been. It's a great TV event if you're – if you're watching it for caliber of basketball, you're you're going to be disappointed because there's not a lot of really good college basketball. That's the truth. If you're looking for really good basketball, you don't get it. And then the the two hot takes that and I get it, we live in a hot take world, right? But when people do the well, the Big Ten sucks or the SEC sucks, that's too simplified. It's one game. You know how easy it is to lose one game in a tournament setting? This isn't a seven-game series. It's the reason pro sports, they pretty much, you know, NHL, NBA, Major League Baseball, those teams, the best team typically wins. Um, yeah, Kentucky wins a four out of seven. Yeah, Kentucky wins a four out of five. Yeah. But the one got them. Because uh, it creates emotion. It creates more issues of nervousness. Like, the one game creates so many external, intangible situations sure. that that freak teams out. Yeah. So you, you get upsets, and you get you – get, um, and you also get a lot of the second-round games like you got where the team that pulled off the upset on Thursday is done on Saturday mm-hmm. or Friday, Sunday, whatever. Because, like, I thought Murray kind of choked because they get such an opportunity with it being St. Peter's. They did. That they played a horrific game. On Saturday night, they did, and St. Peter's played loose. They did, and um, yeah, because you have nothing. I mean, what? Yeah, oh, you get to beat a seven seed. To it's try a, to get it's in. a win now. Yeah, know? yeah. Um, I don't know. Just it, it's a fun tournament. It's great. Like I said, it's great TV. The way they do it with the rotating, they have all the games on the networks, the four channels. It's really it, it's it's compelling. It really is. They do a great job of producing it. They're uh, staggered correctly. They staggered correctly. They've. Um, They've kind of emulated the uh, NBA on TNT show mm-hmm. um, with some of their halftime stuff with Greg Gumbel doing it, and, and it's really well done. It's I'll give them credit. It's, it's it's remarkably compelling television. It's a fun tournament. Yeah, I don't think – I mean, I don't think it's like a referendum on the SEC where there's some huge problem necessarily. I don't mm-hmm. think that's fair. I mean, the Big Ten got popped too. Two years in a um, row, the Big Ten's got popped. And if you if you watch the Big Ten all season, you know they're really good. It's it's just it happens. It's a tournament. I mean, it's yeah. The Big Ten has two Sweet Sixteen teams. Purdue wins last night, beating Texas, and yeah. then Michigan, and then the SEC down to just Arkansas at this point. As Auburn looked horrific last night. Um, it's matchups. It's not necessarily anything, whatever. But it does show you that it, it's one game, but it's also just a lot of parody in college basketball, frankly. For a lot of different reasons, systems work. Um, frankly, the one and done doesn't necessarily work because of chemistry and guys not being in place. I mean, you look at Kentucky; they didn't have a kid on the roster who'd ever won an NCAA tournament game. They freaked out. Yeah. Um, Kyle Tucker's story about that game was terrific. It was. It was really good. Yeah, I read that too. Uh, they that they freaked out. You know, I mean, and it it matters to kids. I mean, you look at Kennedy Chandler just sobbing on the court on Saturday, sure. Jawan Howard holding him essentially 
when that game ends. There's something that determined that even the guys going to the NBA, they're they're wrapped. I mean, it, it matters. Um, mm-hmm. It's a it's a it's it's a big deal to them. Um, well, you grew up dreaming of playing in that tournament, and then you get one shot at it. Yeah, you know, when it's over, it's over. Yeah, Rick Barnes been to the Sweet Sixteen one time of his last ten. It's also that grind mentioning he's twenty five and twenty five. Yeah, they just didn't. They played so well in their first round game that, frankly, they they a lot of they just they were almost due a correction, and it happened, and they got tight late. Who are we talking about? Tennessee. Oh yeah, yeah. this got tight, and and Michigan. Two years in a row has has been a pretty solid tournament team. They're they're We're tough. They're lot, physical. Yeah. You know, uh, Hunter Dickinson's a load on the inside. Those Michigan teams sort of have Jawan Howard's personality. They're tough. They're gritty. And uh, Tennessee just missed shots. They got they had some looks. They had some opportunities. That game was right there to be to be had by either club. And two minutes left, Michigan dominated it. It's a different sample size, different sport. But I saw the comparison, and I thought it was actually an interesting, not an overly long topic. Rick Barnes might be Anko. Tennessee frustrated with him at some point. What do you do? I don't. I mean, I have the very unpopular opinion on this. Mm-hmm. So, um, I don't know how you can – can you get frustrated with the Rick Barnes? Sure. But he has them as a top twenty program nationally. They're in the, and then you lose. They're in the they are they, they do, but not every coach who's been there has won. Oh sure. Um, That's why I think it's an interesting topic yeah. because at some point, though, if your goal is to get to the Sweet Sixteen, it is a failure. Sure. So how do you balance those things? It's really interesting to me. Yeah, it is. It's why we we do this conversation at the end of the year, and everybody always goes, "Oh, you just love Bianco." I don't know, Mike. I, there's no way for me to have a. I mean, I've met him. But, I mean, there's not like a relationship. I don't know the man. I mean, I, I, I don't spend any time with him, and I don't cover his program. So I don't really ever – I'm not really subjected to sure. him one way or the other to like him or to dislike him. Sure. I look at his body of work, though, and I'm like, well, they're always right there. And, yeah, they don't get it done, but they're right there. And I, I don't know the answer to that. You know, I mean – it's early to have this conversation. Yeah, I don't even necessarily mean inside this season, yeah. just in general. But I don't know how you could look at what Rick Barnes has done at Tennessee and go, you know, we ought to make a change. <laughs> Recruits at a really high level. His teams are super competitive. I get the frustration of March. I do. I totally understand it. I, 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 but I don't know how you could look, sit in that room and evaluate it and go, yep, let's And it shows you program expectations. Duke would fire their coach. Kentucky would fire their coach. Kansas would fire their coach. You know, we say that, yet is Kentucky going to uh, fire John Calipari? Because it's been a minute. It, it has, but he typically doesn't have the early round bomb. Now, it's been a minute. They haven't won in 10 years. Yeah, it's a, it's a minute. The problem Kentucky has, and it is fascinating to me, frankly, Kentucky is maybe the most compelling program in the country from just – Whatever, because I don't think Cal's system necessarily works for March. But then if you're sitting there and you're Kentucky, you go, okay, if we fire him, who the hell are we hiring? Right. And what is our plan? Because are they just going to try to run some worse version of what Cal is doing? Because 
Kentucky does not want to be Virginia, where they try to keep the kids three and four years right. and do all these kind of different things. They so, want the elite superstar player, and, and Calipari recruits that player over and over and over. And in fairness to him, this year he tried with the older kid. He did. He got something out of Oscar Shibway that West Virginia didn't see. Mm-hmm. No, him number one player in the country. I mean, he was—he's going to win the Player of the Year and everything. He was not impactful at West Virginia, and Calipari brings him to Kentucky, and he's going to win National Player of the Year. So he tried it a different way this year, mm-hmm. but it's the tournament, and you go super tight, and his guards were hurt. And they were. They were a different team when their guards were healthy. Yeah, Washington's a shell of himself since the injury. Yeah, and, and Grady had no legs. And then Grady should have been a bench guy, and all of a sudden he's having to be a a thirty something minute a, a a game guy. Yeah. And they run into this. And Cal essentially has a lifetime contract. It gets mentioned here. I mean, his buyouts are stupid. I mean, he he's not fireable, frankly. No, so, but and and. For them, he's a perfect fit. But the tournament is such. Look, Tom Izzo has one title. One. Yeah. One title. Yeah. His one. Yeah. And everybody's a legend. Yeah, he is. He's great. And you'd be crazy to run off Tom Izzo. But he has one title. It's really hard to win a title. Yeah. Cal has, Cal has one title. The fact that Shashevsky has five, for as much as people get sick of Krzyzewski mm-hmm. and his deal, but five titles? Do you know how hard it is to win five titles? Jay Wright's got two titles and no one talks about him. I'm like, dude's a stud. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, they're there every single year. Look, right at, now, still look at Baylor. Won a title. They run into a, a deal where they just can't get it done. Had an injury. Weren't kind of the same. It's hard to win a title. It's really, really, really hard to win a championship. It's hard to make the Final Four. For the elite teams, it's actually the hardest sport to win a title in. Yeah, because it just you gotta you gotta get lose once. It's not like the old eighties Lakers and, and eighties Celtics where, hey, we're gonna play seven games. We're gonna sort this thing out. Yeah, look. Yeah, Cal has been to the Final Four with three different programs. UMass in ninety six, Memphis obviously when Chalmers hit the shot, and then Kentucky, how many ever times they've done it. But, yeah, one title. It was 10 years ago. He lost with Cousins and Wall or whatever that team was yeah. on that team. He yeah. had the undefeated team that loses to Wisconsin. Was, was that whoever was on that team? Was that like Dindecker and those guys in like 15? Uh, seems um, like that's right, yeah. You know, all those different deals. Uh, it's, it's complicated. But, I mean, there is a segment of Kentucky fans that absolutely want him gone and do something different. But what I mean, what the hell are you doing? Like, I, it, I mean, who are you hiring? I mean, who are you going to go get? Jay Wright? And this is a good point Chris makes, too. It says UK is not, it's not even necessarily the title. They haven't been to the Final Four in seven years. It's hard to get to the Final Four. Yeah. And again, the way that Kentucky wants to do it is they want the superstar. And those players are one and dones. And then he tried it. Like I said, he tried it. It just didn't, they didn't get there. They had some injuries. Truth is, they got hurt. I mean, your backcourt's hurt, and you're running on fumes at the end. It shows. <clears throat> yeah, benchmark, Phil. The Final Four is the benchmark for a completely successful season. It's not the title. Of course. If you get the title, you get the title. But Of course. 
But that's four. You have to win four tournament games. You see these games, they all come down to the end. I mean, one turnover, one mistake. Except everybody you play in this weekend's hot as hell. I mean, yeah. not like you get the, oh, well, they're coming in kind of kind of cold here. Well, I mean, like Mark Few has probably had the most consistent program of the last decade. He has been the best tournament team outside of maybe Villanova because of their title. And he's got how many titles? None. They haven't won one yet. They have not. No. I mean, they were – and Memphis was right there with them until the final – couple of minutes the other day mm-hmm. right there i mean they should like <laughs> look they're gonna beat arkansas on thursday but if i told you that jd note plays the game of his life you're like okay well they'll have a shot well that's kind of the point you're always one dude playing the game of their because look Auburn was awful last night, but Miami played one hell of a basketball yes. game last night. Yes, I mean, they had three turnovers with like five minutes to go. Yeah, and they, they played their perfect game on a night when you didn't. Yeah. It's like the other night, Houston makes eight threes a game typically, and they had nine with 12 minutes into the game or something. I mean, if you just don't miss, mm-hmm. it's just – that's basketball. I mean, that's what I'm saying is for as good as, as Gonzaga is, for as well – as well balanced as they are, you're always, you know, Note and Amude going one guard away, yeah, yeah, yeah. crazy, and mm-hmm. starting to knock shots down, and all of a sudden they're looking at each other in the huddle and going, "It's our night." Hey, you get beat. You look up and you're done. Yeah. So that's the that's the fascinating part of of the tournament. It's not like us if if Arkansas and Gonzaga played a seven game series, the Zags win it every single time. Yeah, but are I mean, are you willing to put your life? Go. Oh, there's no chance, no chance. Gonzaga loses on on Thursday. Bullshit. There's a, obviously there's a, absolutely a chance. Look at last night. TCU almost knocks out Arizona. Frankly, should have knocked them out. It's Jamie Dixon's a terrific coach. Sure, but TCU they were like a nine seed. It, there's there's not there's not the dominant team in the in the field. They're some like, like Purdue. As long as Ivy's on the floor, they have a shot. No one would look at Purdue basketball this year and go, "That's an elite team." Yeah. Uh, yeah, it, it's bandwagony, but I do get why so many people like Gonzaga. Their style of play is very appealing. How fast they move and whatever. Well, it, it's a really appealing style of basketball, and they're fun. They have some fun yeah, players. They are. Timmy, they're fun for the random person who doesn't really watch the game to watch the tournament. And go, hey, Gonzaga's kind of cool. Timmy's fun. And then uh, you know, Holmgren's that guy that you look at him and you're like, okay, big, tall, skinny, white dude. That's always, And then he's all over the place doing stuff, and you're like, oh, he's kind of fun to watch. And, mm-hmm. and Nimhart's a fun player to watch. They're, you know, they're, fun. they're fun. Their style of play is fun, but, but they're fallible. They could lose. Alabama beat them. St. Mary's beat them. They could lose this weekend in San Francisco. Not even – who would they get after Arkansas? Uh, Who's their two or three? Not that it really matters. I'm just kind of curious. Uh, Jackson, thanks for the super chat. He says, do you know if your base runners are getting the steal side or do some guys have the green light because they can't stop stealing third? Any update on Harris? Uh, yeah, Calvin Mike did not sound overly optimistic. He said Calvin wouldn't play in the midweek and that there's no real update to share at that point. He has an abdominal, an oblique, a midsection strain, something along those lines. And then on the other, some players do have a constant green light. Uh, McCants, Bench, probably Chatagnier. I know Mike can take it off at times, but that is not very common. Typically, those guys can go whenever they want to go, and I think that's what you've been seeing. I think that's been player decision for the most part when that uh, when that happens. 
they would get the winner of uh, Texas Tech. Oh, that's right. Texas Duke. Tech Duke. Yeah. Texas Tech is going to beat Duke, in my opinion. They're, I, I really like Texas Tech. I do, too. I like Texas Tech a lot. So, All right, we'll transition in a second. First, about community mortgage, Oxford, Memphis, Soto County, and Chattanooga. All underwriting and processing is done in Memphis. They're getting local underwriting and understands your market. A leader in condo financing, the float-down option, and more. You can find Jason at 662-234-2704 or J-L-O-W-E at communitymtg.com. Don't forget, if you want to um, bet on the NCAA tournament, Brothrow is hosting a March Madness Bracket Challenge, $300 cash. Sign up at Brothrow today to get your first bracket entry, then earn one for every friend you sign up. No limit to the number of brackets you can earn. Stop paying the juice and bet with your friends at Brothrow. Uh, Dead Soxy has um, 25% off. At the, the home run deal has expired, but you can still get if you didn't take advantage of that. You can still get 25% off at deadsoxy.com by entering the promo code REBELGROVE. My 10 thoughts are up. They're brought to you by Game Changer Patches. They're the only two-patch system available in the market to stop hangovers before they start. The warm-up patches used before or while you drink. Overtime patches used after you've been drinking to recover while you sleep. The all-natural ingredients will keep you in the game, ready for the next play. It's GameChangerPatch.com, promo code REBELGROVE20 at checkout for 20% off your purchase. We're brought to you by ACS, Automation and Control Systems, LLC. It's a complete electrical control system solution provider and a Rockwell Automation Recognized System Integrator. They've got a full-time dedicated emergency service and troubleshooting staff and a UL508A panel shop. They can custom tailor software packages custom design, electrical control panel solutions, and much more. It's ACSLLCMS.com or call 662-601-4381. I was just in Lamons Fine Jewelry in the last week or so. They took care of me. They'll take care of you as well. Great customer service. They really uh, spend a lot of time with each individual customer. It's 1126 North Lamar Boulevard in Oxford, serving the Oxford area for the past three quarters of a century. Engagement rings, wedding rings, fine jewelry, watches, pearls, fashion jewelry, children's jewelry, collectibles, and more. Lamons is the gold standard in fine jewelry. It's lamonsfinejewelry.com or 662-234-2777. You may have noticed things are blooming outside. It's usually a sign that spring is right around the corner. It means summer's right behind that, so you want to make sure your air conditioning is ready to roll because it's going to get hot. We live in the south. That's how that works. I highly recommend Comer Heating and Air, Southern Air Conditioning and Heating, different names, same great products, same great services, same people. If you live in Oxford, Tupelo, or the surrounding area, call Comer, 662-801-1777. If you live in Hernando, Memphis, or that area, call 662-429-4429 for the people at Southern Air Conditioning and Heating. Podcast also brought to you by Johnston Hill Creamery. That's Johnston Hill Creamery right there on White Oak Lane. Off Molly Bar in Oxford, 662-419-9201. Make all their cheeses locally and in-house. They've got that. They've got charcuterie, a bakery, catering, grazing tables, and much more. Turn that off, finally. Uh, anyway, including a, uh, a new cheese I see here on Instagram. You can follow them on Instagram at Johnson Hill Creamery. It's, uh, it's a Gouda-style cheese with uh, truffles waxed in beeswax. Again, that and much more. Open 10 to 5, 662-419-9201. Um, so mentioned baseball, the stayed number one in at least one poll, maybe two. I don't know. Somebody said they were number one in D one baseball. I did not see that poll. I know there's a lot of, I know they went two and two. Everybody having a lot of questions about that. College baseball poll dynamics, a don't matter. And B, 
if you win the road series, you have to really kind of suck everywhere else to get pun- pun- punished at all or penalized for that. If you go, t- if you go two out of three on the weekend, you typically don't lose your spot unless some team did something crazy, or you just lose every midweek game you play. So that's why we'll miss State number one. That was not overly a shock uh, in those at least I think two polls because somebody said D one baseball had number one as well. Baseball America moved them up to number one after Notre Dame lost this last weekend to Louisville, and then uh, again Tennessee number one in perfect game setting that up for the weekend. And one of my pet peeves because I hate the official release that says number one versus number one. Yes, just pick a poll, just pick a poll. And sports information departments everywhere pick the highest ranking. Yeah, right. That's how it happens. Is that they take both teams' highest ranking from a PR standpoint? I guess I get it, but it 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 it's weird to me. Yes. To me, you're invalidating your own poll when you move them, and when it says number six versus number six, or number four versus number four, like I don't. Just pick one. Yeah, and a couple schools do that. There are some schools that just grab a poll, and no matter what it says. That's going to be the one we're going to use. Or at least they'll pick it their highest ranked, and then take wherever the other team is in that poll. Right. Which is a little unfair to the other team, but whatever. It doesn't matter. It does not matter. Not even a little bit. Um, it is going to be an absolute zoo this weekend. Um, sold out on Saturday. Uh, very, very busy on Friday as well. And it's not to, to have nothing kind of associated with it is what's interesting. Usually you see this for Grove Bowl, you see it for Double Decker, that kind of thing. But it's has a chance to be one of the largest weekend crowds that I have seen for from a standpoint of just a random weekend where baseball is kind of the only thing going on. A couple different factors for that. Tennessee, incredibly good. Ole Miss hasn't played Tennessee a ton in Oxford. Um, the weather is finally getting good, and because of Ole Miss's schedule to this point, there hasn't been a marquee series. They played; they had a bunch of weather issues. They haven't played a big team at home yet to this point before Tennessee. So, big series, definitely the hardest opponent Ole Miss will have, frankly, maybe the entire regular season in Oxford, but uh, also for sure this first half of the season as they uh, get their league play. You know, I thought Neil wrote about it. I, I agreed with him. Saturday felt kind of big just to get out of Auburn two and one to not drop that first series. Um, just to respond. Yeah, they get the they get the gift there, and I guess the third inning on that drop fly ball. But then they go single, single, and add on, and kind of, I mean, frankly, put it away because Doherty was doing a decent enough job yeah. of keeping Auburn made at bay. Made them pay for it, and 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 that was it. And once they extended beyond that, that was that was kind of it. Uh, you did feel bad for the left fielder. Yeah, that had to be the longest twenty oh. minutes of his life. As it's just piling. Yeah, it's piling, just like this is piling. all. This is all my fault. My pitcher really hates me right and now. And the ball hit him in the face. It did. It, he actually was bleeding. Yeah. That was miserable. I, I, I it's did, one of the worst moments you could probably have. I yeah, did feel bad for him because it was just a routine ball. and I I don't even think he lost it in the sun. I just think he just missed it. Yeah. I mean, like I said, when you get hit in the face, you drop it and they add on. Yeah. And you're just standing out there. I mean, just, 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so that was big. It was, it, it, it was important. Ole Miss can definitely punish bad pitching when they get deep into bullpens. I think that's one of the recipes this season is putting up a really good record in game threes because you're just better than the other team offensively when nobody has any pitching left. Thought Doherty did a nice job. He held his velocity. He gets into the six. He didn't get an out in the sixth, but he gets into the sixth. Only the second Ole Miss pitcher to have done that this season. John Gaddis went seven against Central Florida. And otherwise, Ole Miss has really, really struggling lengthening starts. I'm going to write about it later today. I talked to Mike a little bit about it on Saturday. Because going into Saturday's game, Ole Miss starters were averaging four innings per appearance so far this season in, in weekend games. That is not good. That is not what you want to see. That is, it's hard to sustain that. Is that is taxing your bullpen 
in a very large way, and also with a bullpen that's still trying to transition themselves. I mean, you look at their bullpen, four of their top five relievers are newcomers. You've got Dylan DeLucia, the Juco kid, and then three freshmen with Riley Maddox, Mason Nichols, and Hunter Elliott. So there's a lot of moving parts here for this team. It's what makes them kind of interesting is that they've got the big ranking. They're doing fine record-wise. But there's still a lot of questions to be answered with this baseball team as you get into week two of the SEC play. It is not a finished product. I don't think the rotation is at all set. When I was asked here a minute ago um, how worried should fans be about Diamond's inability to finish out starts clean. I, in some ways, it's just who, is who, it's who he is. Nick Suss had a stat on Twitter yesterday that in his – I think he's had 12 SEC starts to this point, and his ERA in those games is 6.29. Um, he's had a hard time putting guys away. We've talked about that all season. He's just finishing because I think through his four innings or 3.2 innings on Thursday, Auburn fouled off 10 two-strike pitches in four innings. That's a lot. Um, just can't get through it. Which mm-hmm. And it's what, to me, it's, it's the reason that I think it's most – and I may, we may have talked about this – I may have just told this to somebody when we were just talking off off air. I don't remember. No, I wrote it the other day. It's one of my biggest things that I'm kind of the most critical with Ole Miss wasting so many pitches 0-2-1-2 because when you have a hard time putting them putting batters away anyway, and Ole Miss doesn't have a ton of swing and miss in their staff, frankly, from a starter standpoint. Well, okay, if it's 0-2 and I go nine inches out or six inches out, okay, now it's 1-2. Then if I do it kind of again, well, suddenly it's 2-2, and we're back into a hitter's count a little bit all yeah. of a sudden. And now it's even harder to put them away. And then he fouls up a couple of pitches, and then you throw another ball, and it's 3-2. And then you walk him when it was 0-2, and it's, yeah, sure, the pitcher shouldn't have walked him, but there are things that were catalysts to us getting there at that point. And now sometimes the pitcher just misses. I mean, these are college pitchers. They're not precise. But going right back at them, and I know you're going to give up some two-strike singles, and you're going to get people pissed off occasionally, but overall, given who this staff is right now, it just feels like, the best path for Ole Miss is to try to try to minimize pitch counts. Just go at hitters. Just go, go, go. Make them hit it. Let's let, let's see what happens. Um, the the nibbling appears to have more negative effects than positive right now for Ole Miss. So I was in here working yesterday, and I had the tournament on the main TV, and then I had had I put college baseball on on that one, and I was watching. I guess I saw parts of three other games, maybe four other games. Okay, there was there was more like. I noticed in the Arkansas-Kentucky game, there was more attacking on the part of the pitchers ahead in the count. Like, trying to finish trying to finish a hitter. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought Darty on Saturday attacked a little he did, bit. He did. I didn't think he... And that's who he is. I didn't He's, think he nibbled as much. But you're Frankly, right. he doesn't have a mentality to even do it if it's called. Like, it's... Yeah, go get him. Yeah. Because um, really, at 0-2, and I've... Greg Maddox is my source the, on this. The, the, the famous quote that's run through the internet at the last. That's as far ahead as you're going to get at 02. The, hitter's, the hitter has to defend against everything, and you have things at your disposal. Why give one of those pitches away? <clears throat> yeah, you don't want to go, okay, here it is. It's a 3-1 count, and I can't walk anybody. Here it is. Hit it. I'm, I'm gonna, I've got seven gloves behind me. But you're ahead 02. Why, why give two pitches away? Where now the hitter goes, okay, he's probably going to go fastball here. And you're going to try to throw a 2-2 slider on him? I mean, you know, it, it's – I don't know. I would like. I think you're right. And what you don't want to do and what has to be alarming about the four-inning starts is that it's March right now. By the time you get to May, if you're 
if you're taxing your bullpen day in and day out, day in and day out, the odds are some of those guys are not going to be as effective in May as they are in March. Well, it's not even necessarily, oh, the freshmen are trying to learn or get good. It's that they've they have had a ton of high school innings, but they haven't faced stress innings like they are in college to this point. And the newcomers typically get worn down a little as the season goes on. I mean, you look through it, even the guys who've had great careers, Drew Pomeranz was kind of average at times as a freshman. I mean, you know. When when you pitched at Jackson Prep as a senior. Just throw the ball across the Well, I mean, when you played Canton, for example, I mean, there are probably some spots in the lineup there that I got this. That this, you know, unless he he, can't hit a 92 mile an hour fastball. Unless he just lucks into it, he's not going to hit it. Mm -hmm. Well, when you play Tennessee. They're going to hit it. Or Vanderbilt or Mississippi State or LSU or whatever. There's not many dead spots in the lineup. Everybody in that lineup's got some scholarship money. They're, they got recruited by other people. They're likely decent with a bat in their hands. They're not going to be, oh, shit, it's 92. <laughs> I'm done. No, they're going to have an, an, they're going to have an approach. Mm-hmm. So that, that's to your point. That taxes you. Because your every pitch is a stress pitch. Every every hitter is you got to get locked in. When you're playing high school ball, you don't have to be that way. Yeah, uh, just for whatever sake, the quote that we are referencing: the hitter is most vulnerable when you get him into an O two bind. My goal is to take him out immediately. I'm going to go right at him. No fooling around with wasting a pitch high or throw one in the dirt. Why waste a pitch on O two? That's the most ridiculous thing I've ever seen in a game. People are scared to death of giving a pitch on O two counts. It's lowest batting average of any count. So what's the best time to get a hitter to swing at a pitch? You guess it, 0-2. So let's just follow conventional wisdom when you waste the pitch up and high or throw a curveball and try to get him to swing at a pitch in the dirt. Heck, it's usually such a bad pitch, you lay off. Now you just wasted a pitch and you're wasting time. The strategy does nothing to help you at all. If anything, it gives the hitter more of an advantage because he gets to see one more pitch come out of your hand. Yeah. I'm going to take Greg Maddox's Sorry. word for it. Yep. I know he was always getting six inches off the plate as a strike, but, you know, nonetheless. But not at the beginning I, of his playing. career. I'm, at the end, he yeah, did. Yeah, I'm yeah. I'm but, but he attacked. And if you get a hit on, if you get a hit on O2, you get a hit on O2. It's usually light contact because it's a defensive swing. You're defending at O2. Yeah, they're not gearing. You're not, hey, man, I'll tell you what, it's O2. I'm, I'm, here I come. I'm, I'm looking a certain spot. And there's a reason hitters hit better at 3-1 than they do O2. You're taking a defensive swing. Well, a defensive swing, if he bloops one into right field, he bloops one into right field. It happened. Life goes on. Somebody asking about Kevin Graham. I I still think we're weeks away from what I've heard and been told. Um, he broke his wrist. The, the, the four weeks was incredibly optimistic. Um, I just don't see it. I, I, think, I think it's more of a six-week getting back out there kind of deal, so there's still some time coming on that, three to four weeks left, something like that. Yeah. I forget exactly when he had the surgery, but some somewhere in there. He's got about four weeks realistically left before it's even And at possible. least where he is his normal self, for sure. Sure. Well, you want it – you need it to be healed because if he – obviously, if he aggravates it, well, now you're, you're – Now you have a problem. You have a, a, a pretty big problem. Um, Mike did not seem overly concerned about T.J. McCants. He left the game in the fourth or fifth inning on Saturday, said that he felt something kind of – twinge in his hamstring um, when he came off the field following catching a fly ball in the defensive part of the inning. They put in Hudson Saab and then ran through some different pinch uh, guys. But he said that TJ wanted to stay in the game, probably could have stayed in the game, but given their injuries, they were not going to chance it right there. So they took him out. They think it may have been dehydration related. He felt completely fine once the game was over, so he's probably okay. But 
Um, they said they'll take it easy. They'll uh, they'll take it slowly and then see what uh, what happens this week. But what's their I, schedule this week? Memphis Tuesday at AutoZone. Memphis Wednesday in Oxford because of the rainouts, and then uh, obviously Tennessee Friday, Saturday, Sunday night game on Saturday. It is uh, six thirty, seven one thirty this weekend for uh, for that one. Uh, around the league, really no big surprises other than maybe A and M taking two out of three from LSU, but. Almost took off. If they were going to do it, it went exactly how you thought they might do it, if that makes sense. Um, A&M was in control of that game yesterday for a while, and then LSU kind of clawed back. A&M was really scrappy. He was at Alex Box over the weekend. A&M had 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 kind of a different mentality to him a little bit. I know, obviously, first year under Jim Schlossnagel, if you want to credit that or not credit that, however you want to consider that. But they, I don't think they're overly talented. I don't think they're great, but – Look, they're going to throw hard. They're going to pitch a little bit, and they're going to kind of get after you. And you you got to beat them. So Alabama had a big comeback yesterday. Florida was on the precipice of sweeping that, and Alabama that kinda, felt like a mischance for Florida a little bit. Alabama yeah. rallied in the eighth with some pretty impressive at bats. Um, Arkansas sweeps Kentucky. Did they sweep? Yeah, yeah. they swept yeah. Kentucky. Kentucky's not good. Um, Kentucky was not good um, yesterday. Can't think of the kid's name. Kind of curly-headed kid. I don't know. Three bargains. Wiggins. Jack, is it Jackson Wiggins? Jackson Wiggins is correct, yes. Probably pretty encouraging, I would think, if you're Arkansas for them. Because Sunday starters are hit and miss. And he was he was pretty tough. He, had, he was pretty nasty. Um, he got them into the sixth. I think he may have even gotten six for them, which okay. was big. And then, you know, the back end of their bullpen's pretty good. And you're right, Kentucky's – now, the kid who started for Kentucky yesterday, a left-handed kid, was pretty nasty. Their lineup is not very good, and they have no bullpen. Yeah, and once he got out of the game, they they hit a little bit. State crushed Georgia yesterday, 20-3. to Georgia did take the series. Georgia was a little fat and happy, and they're not good enough to sweep a lot of teams. So that's not overly surprising for State yesterday. Um, Vanderbilt did sweep Missouri, just crushing the Tigers the first yeah. two days and then winning 7-4 to yesterday. Um, as you mentioned, Alabama and Florida. Florida taking the first two, and then Alabama winning eight to seven to close the series. And then, look, Tennessee has not played much of anybody other than playing in that tournament um, in Texas, wherever that was. I remember it was Dallas or Houston. South Carolina's okay. They did beat Texas two out of three. They also got swept by Clemson, so they're they're schizophrenic. But Tennessee kind of popped them all weekend. They sweep. Tennessee wins ten to nothing yesterday, and if you're Ole Miss or just kind of in general looking around the league, what concerns you is look they're not great pitchers yet, but Tennessee has really compiled a lot of young talent on the mound. Freshman yesterday from Murfreesboro throws into the eighth inning, throws a shutout, seven point one, seven point two innings. They've got the kid that's the JUCO transfer that blew up, and he's throwing one hundred and three miles an hour or whatever. And they're doing all this without Tidwell, they're, they're one of their main starters who's been injured. It. Their roster looks really good right now. Um, I think their offense is a touch overblown because they played such bad competition. I don't think they're just clearly the number one offense in the country that's going to crush everybody all season. I don't think they're as talented as Ole Miss or LSU offensively. But they're better on the mound than maybe I thought, especially given that injury to, to one of their top arms. The young guys, how quickly they've transitioned. And again, we'll see more. They look. They, as somebody said on the board, they get an oil check. They get. At, they're at Ole Miss at Vanderbilt the next six games. So you'll mm-hmm. find out real fast what Tennessee is or isn't. But Patello's done a hell of a job. They've done a hell of a job recruiting, kind of getting that roster fixed. 
and taking momentum from year one into year two. A lot of times you'll see first-year coaches in baseball, really baseball more than other sports for whatever reason, that they sort of engineer that first season, but then it it it, it, it regresses to the mean a little bit there in year two. But he's done a good job of kind of keeping – turning the edge from a gimmick into a culture, mm-hmm. which is something that takes – that's that's not always a guarantee that you're going to take – the aggression and the edge and kind of the cocky mentality or whatever yep. and actually make it real. And I feel like Tennessee is getting close to making it real, which is what is what is interesting. They they feel like Vanderbilt and Louisville yeah. and some of those teams right now that you see that from. Because last year it was a shtick. It kind of annoyed me last year, if I'm being completely honest. But it's become their deal. It's starting to become a That's little more It's their personality. Real. Yeah. And they've backed it up now. Because, like, he went after Van Horn to show his team last year that he would go after Van Horn. It was all a bunch yeah. of, like, whatever. Because all the stuff on social media was, oh, he's Arkansas's yeah. next coach, and these guys are super chummy. and Yeah, and it's also, hey, they're the king. We're going to – yeah, we're, uh, no, we're here. Show yeah. up. Let's go. Right. It was a little bit of that. Now, they had some recruiting issues and whatever, but, look, Tony Vitello and Dave Van Horn don't hate each other. No, of course not. So, that – I mean, they coached together for a long time. Yeah. Um, and I do believe he's the next Arkansas head coach. So – Tennessee's interesting. I'll write, write about them as the week goes on, but I, I find them kind of compelling right now. They are they have shown better than I thought they were going to. I was kind of down on them in the preseason. They've looked really good so far through through five weekends. So, we'll, uh, we'll see. No, they, they kind of play with day-to-day. I question how long you can you do that all season. Well, that's, that's I'm always It alarmed. has to be real versus yeah. – But I'm always alarmed at teams that come out of the gate just pissing vinegar. It's like, man, this is a long season, and you're going to have, like, you're going to have series like the one Ole Miss had, where it, Ole Miss dominates a game, gets dominated, mm-hmm. then dominates. I mean, that happens, and just kind of how do you, how do you maintain that just just high strong? And maybe they can, but that's what I'm kind of curious to see. If, no, the dog days are getting here. Yeah, when it's the fifth week of SEC play, and. You just get popped on Friday night, and you can't turn around on Saturday and, like, you know, damn the torpedoes, if you will. You Hey, let's just play. Yeah. Let's just show up and play, and that's – because there's 30 of those games, and you're not – you're, you're going to lose some of them and just be cool. Sometimes I think those are the those are the programs that are most consistent, but maybe he can pull this off. I yeah. mean, he's – and maybe he looks at it and goes, you know what? You got to have something different here because we're, we're never going to have quite as much talent as mm-hmm. the as Vanderbilt, for example. Maybe he says this is this is how you even that out. Yeah. No, I'm not saying they faked it. I'm saying he had other purposes other than yelling at Dave Van Horn. That was not the only purpose. To he was sending a that. message to his team. Yeah. And it worked. Yeah. And Ginger's got a good point. My God, if they had Jacob Gonzalez on top of the roster, they do have. Yeah. They'd be. Ooh. They'd be tough. Jesus. Yeah. Need to thank Dave Serrano for a lot of things. If you're uh, if you're at Ole Miss, so all right. Podcast brought to you in part by Northeast Spark S P A R C service people across rural communities. Two packages: the Ignite, the 100 Mbps, or the Blaze, the one gig that powers the Clark Ford Studio. Your hometown team bringing you world class broadband. That's nespark.com six six two two three eight three one five nine. Phone service available. Portal controls, network security, and much more. So get the best internet around. Again, six six two two three eight three one five nine. The College Corners, your one-stop rebel shop, two locations in the Jackson area. In Ridgeland, it's next to Fleet Feet. In Flowood, it's next to Half Shell. You can also go to collegecornerstore.com. Plus, you can find them on Facebook and Instagram, the largest selection of rebel gear 
in central Mississippi. We're also brought to you by Pinnacle. Uh, Martin Palomo and I taped a uh, Mind on My Money last Thursday. We ended up talking a lot about soccer, Chelsea, the Cubs ownership, trying to buy uh, Chelsea, what that meant. It's pretty interesting stuff about the value of sports franchises uh, globally. So if you want to listen to that, you can. It's on this podcast feed. If you want to learn more about Pinnacle, get in touch with them at mypinwealth.com, M-Y-P-I-N-N wealth.com. We're also brought to you by John Edwards, Regency Travel Incorporated in Memphis. If you are trying to create a trip that um, creates a lifetime of unique memories, John knows how to put the extra attention that's needed into that special trip to do just that. All you have to do is get in touch with him, give him some parameters, give him a budget, and let him give you some options. And no, you don't have to live in or near Memphis to take advantage of his services. It's 901-494-3387 or Edwards at regencytravel.net. We're also brought to you by OPA, Oxford's newest restaurant on the square. If you're coming up this weekend, give OPA a shot. Euros, wraps, kebabs, redfish, lamb chops, and more. Handcrafted cocktails, frozen libations, and amazing candlelit patio. 306 South Lamar in Oxford. If you're in the market for a Nissan vehicle, Grenada Nissan's the place to go. They've got a complete selection of new and previously owned Nissan vehicles. Great lease deals as well. It's GrenadaNissanUSA.com. I'll publish a mailbag on rebelgrove.com on Wednesday. It's brought to you by Whitney McNutt of Tommy Morgan Incorporated Realtors. Whitney serving you for all of your real estate needs in Oxford and Tupelo. You can get in touch with her. And uh, she sells condos, land, commercial, and residential family homes, 662-567-2573 or uh, 662-842-3844. Podcast is brought to you by G&M Pharmacy, 662-236-2222. They're on South Lamar in Oxford, also on the Square in Holly Springs with Tyson Drugs. They offer MedScene, figure prescriptions the same day each month, and take care of you. Also with Rightway Meds, they'll individually package the medication for those who need that extra step. And they'll deliver locally in the Oxford area, so you don't have to use a big box pharmacy if you're doing that. Just call G&M. They'll transfer your medications, make it easy on you to start using G&M immediately. Again, 662-236-2222. Um, just quickly, games coming up this uh, this weekend around the SEC. Obviously, Ole Miss and Tennessee is the premier series. It's another weekend where there's a couple of good ones, but it's it's kind of whatever. Alabama and Mississippi State, it feels like State has to get this one if they have just any prayer right now. Yeah. But they have problems. They have yeah. a lot of problems. Um, they have lost their top starter. They've lost maybe their top reliever. Two arm injuries. Uh, the one Preston Smith on Saturdays, he's very average for a Saturday starter. It's it's uh, it's 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 you've got the ring to look at, but it's kind of a rough rough deal right now in Starkville for the Bulldogs. Um, Georgia really just kind of took it to them and credit state for getting off the mat because it would have been pretty easy to get swept out of that place yesterday. Yeah. Um, it, it would have been very, very doable. Um, Georgia is at Kentucky. Um, good chance for Georgia to get off to a good start there in Lexington this weekend. Vanderbilt is at South Carolina. Ooh. Yeah, so interesting. Yeah. You're South, Car- South Carolina, you better not. Got to get going a little bit here. Yeah, you, you... you also want to kind of like. Ch- choke somebody that you started Tennessee Vanderbilt, but you know it well, is that's kind of what I meant when I said, "Ooh, I was like South Carolina could be one and five, zero oh and six out of the game, and not be a bad team." Maybe no, it's just... kind of hard to overcome that kind of start. Yeah, LSU is in Gainesville this weekend. Pretty interesting series yeah, there, Florida and sure. LSU. Um, Arkansas with a chance to really get off to a good start. They are in Columbia, Missouri this weekend to Ooh. face the uh, the Tigers. 
Yeah. Like, if you're Arkansas, you got to at least smell a little blood in the water. And I mean, you never want to predict road sweeps, but you got a chance here. So you got to go get two at least, because if you're five and one out of the gate, you're feeling pretty good. And if you're six and zero, oh, you've obviously created some cushion for yourself. Yeah. And then Auburn at Texas A and M, uh, two teams, just trying to figure out who they are still a little bit there. Um, in oh, college, it's kind fashion. of a chance for A and M to get off to a start where you build some confidence. Mm-hmm. They did play with not edge; they just kind of played with confidence. They were scrappy. They just kind of stayed in the bats and were patient. I thought A&M was very patient over the weekend because they're ne- they're not going to out-talent you. Yeah. And they just sort of hung in there and, got, you know, LSU made some mistakes and gave some opportunities, and it was it was all right. It was okay. And you look up, and suddenly you're winning. Um, <clears throat> I was looking at A&M's schedule. They do miss Florida. They miss Tennessee. So pretty good from a schedule standpoint. Sure. Got a, got a shot there. I mean, Ole Miss's only problem with the schedule at all is they don't play Missouri. Um but they can't complain. It's no. a really, really good schedule. No, they, they were, hand, a, they were handed a gift. You don't play Vanderbilt. You don't play Florida. Okay. Yeah. We'll, we'll, you, you, yeah. We'll take that. And we'll, 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 we'll move on. You don't get greedy and go. Yeah, but Missouri would be really nice because Vanderbilt's really good and Florida's really talented. And there's a lot of talent on that Florida team, obviously. Yeah, that's true. Missouri, a bad team, then starts Vanderbilt, Arkansas. That that's not very nice. Yeah, they they don't care. To their AD's credit. I, I think if they could figure out a way to justify caring, they would because it's a league where you you hate to just punt a sport. Yeah, because it's not good business. But I, I I don't think they look at it and ever come up with a a business plan, if you will. Mm-hmm. So over the weekend, you write about it in Ten Thoughts. Interesting, if nothing else, and I don't want to create something that's not there. So, I mean, we, we, we gave benefits of doubts for reasons behind things. But both Ole Miss quarterbacks being involved in Twitter over the course of the weekend, mm-hmm. bring practice starting to uh, tomorrow. There was a question, not to interrupt, there was yeah, a question sure. early in the in the stream, are practices open to media? Um, as of now, we've not been given any guidance regarding open practices. Uh, the only – Specific thing we've been told is uh, practice tomorrow. We have a media opportunity around midday. I think it's like 1145, something like that. That is interview only. So we've not been told about open practices, including the weekends. So I don't, I I don't, and I've heard different things. My suspicion is that Saturday practices will be open to us if, if they're in the stadium, but there also is a lot of construction over there, and so there are some parking issues, and I don't know how that's going to impact things. So we'll see. I, yeah. But to answer your question is, I don't know. So on maybe Friday, I forget what day it was. Uh, yeah, it was Friday. Jackson Dart puts out essentially a hype video for incredibly well produced hype video. Yeah, and I look, I've seen some criticism here. I have no issue with this video at all for a couple different reasons. We are in an NIL world. Um, players are going to self-promote more than ever. Social mm-hmm. media is ripe for that. Sure, Their brand and all the engagement and their Q ratings are very sure. big for that. Jackson Dart is planning on being the starting quarterback at Ole Miss, and with that, he would like to be as big of a name as possible for lots of different reasons. Sure. So, look, if, if these kids put out a bunch of videos and then they're not very good, then everybody has the complete right to make fun of them. Sure. Just like it, it is a world where it's never been more just out front public business of, look, they get to do whatever they want, and then the public gets to react however they want to it. Yeah, if you're picking on the backup quarterback at Furman who's not done anything, 
it's kind of mean. But yeah, yeah. yeah, no, when a kid hypes himself, you open yourself up to the criticism. He does not seem to care. No, he's because he's trying to build his brand, which yeah. I totally respect. Yeah, all it. good. Yeah, no problem. It's a free world. Do what you want. But the follow up, I think it was a day later, is interesting. Was interesting. That's the word. Um, and as I as I read this tweet, what Dart did is seen around the internet as a hype video. I did not pull that word out of to to simply make a connection here. Those are what those are called. Yeah. Um, to whatever extent. David Morris, friend of the podcast, running quarterback country. I'm assuming this was David who tweeted this. Um, it's from the generic quarterback country account, but I assume it's David. So we'll, it would be my assumption as well. Yeah. If it was not, then we'll see. But, I'm, I'm um, guessing David knew about it. At the very well, least, sure. yeah, David yeah. was aware that this. Luke Altmaier is one of David's pupils. Um, they work together. The it is a video of Luke throwing at a facility. I'm not sure where he is or isn't. Um, it's like. Yeah, I really don't know. I was going to speculate, but it really doesn't matter. I would guess Jackson, but I could. I was trying to read the end zone, and I couldn't really yeah, make couldn't out either. what it said. Um, and it just says, no hype, period, just hard work, period. Ole Miss quarterback Luke Altmeyer is 100% locked in with a video. Interesting words. Yeah. Um, well, the word hype. Yeah. Was it, I read that as a, okay, this is my counter to Dart's video and i could be wrong i think you're making the yeah. same assumption that yeah. i am i mean it was just interesting we both yes. saw it and went oh oh yeah I, oh okay. I, I looked at it and yeah. went, hmm, that's interesting i mean i talked to mason brooks about quarterbacks mm-hmm. the other day and and um i mean mason was very complimentary of both of them but he said he anticipates it being a battle and all of those things and i do not inspe- anticipate a starting quarterback to be named during the spring no be, I expect this to go into the fall. Mason said that they're splitting reps. Listen, practice does not start Tuesday. They've been practicing. Yeah, The official start of practice starts Tuesday. A quarterback will take over in the summer because they always do as well. <clears throat> Somebody becomes a little more the leader during the summer, or you end up having factions, frankly, Yeah, um, which is interesting. I mean, that's one of the side plots that is very interesting about a quarterback competition. Is this one that's legitimately really close throughout? This is charade like 20-whatever when even Ryan knew he was losing to Chad Kelly um, and, and he played the whole deal the whole time. <laughs> yeah. To Ryan's credit, we would talk to him and come yeah. on, guys. Yeah. Um, it is what it is. Uh, you tried know. to make that a three-man battle. Remember that? Because it was Kincaid, too. Was it Kincaid? Was it Devontae? It would have to be, right? Yeah, yeah, Devontae. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah. You said Kincaid. Kincaid You said Kincaid, and I was like, wait, are we Kincaid Dent that old? I mean, speaking of, it's still around, too. I mean, and I think he's going to twice Kincaid has been the first name out of Lane's mouth, whether he knew what he was doing or not. He has done that twice now. Well, I think he's going to get some number one reps. I mean, I think, listen, we live in a transfer portal world, and two of the three people involved still have their get out of jail free card. Yeah. And so you don't want them to use it. I was talking to somebody, when was it? At a different SEC program, I guess it was Friday, about spring and about how spring football has changed. And he was saying that, you know, years ago, you could really get after somebody in spring. You could use spring as a motivator to get into the summer and, like, you could get all over someone's ass, if you will. Mm Mm-hmm. 
And he says, he can't now. Not if it's a younger guy, because he'll just leave. He'll get in the portal. He'll bolt. You have to coach differently. So, I mean, Lane's aware of that. With I'm not saying that Luke Altmaier would leave or anything else or that Kincaid Dent would leave. I'm not saying that at all. But you probably would like to, at the very minimum, let the competition go as long as it can. To mitigate. So that those guys either A, feel like, hey, I'm really in this, or B, hey, I really got a shot. I need to, I need to, I need to stay and keep working. You don't want to make them feel like, hey, this was a this was just a, a, a formality. Because obviously if Luke were to get into the portal, he would have options. Oh. A lot of them. Yeah. yeah sure. Major programs to whatever extent. So I I anticipate it being I anticipate Look, they both want to be the starting quarterback. I mean, if at bare minimum, it's going to be incredibly competitive. That doesn't necessarily mean contentious, but no, I mean, it's a pretty big prize waiting on the end here. An sure. SEC starting quarterback job. Sure. I think there's a there, there's sometimes and it's not an old mess. All schools do this. There's this rush to turn it into this kumbaya thing, and it doesn't need to be that. Let it just be a competition. <laughs> they all know what's going on. I mean, it. it yeah, I mean, it, stuff's already happened this off season to prove that it's not kumbaya. Yeah, I mean, doesn't mean they're slicing throats, but just yeah. let it. Let it. That's good. You need let's have some edge. Let's go. Let's see what happens. Yeah, rising all ships. Okay, sure. Like, well, you're competing. A weak quarterback competition benefits no one. No. If Jackson or Luke knows from day one that guy has no shot of beating me, okay, here. No, no, let's let's, let's gear. Let's yeah. go. Yeah. Six AM, five forty five. Let's go. Let, let's compete. Yeah, the, the the challenge comes and I, I don't think it comes till August, late yeah, August, yeah. frankly. If you told me that this thing is ten days out from the opener before he names a starter, I buy it. Sure. And then the challenge becomes okay, well now you have to you have to keep people engaged and, and stuff like that because I mean, look around the league. How many teams had quarterback injuries? How many teams went all season with the mm-hmm. same quarterback? Very few. I mean, just the odds are you're going to need a second quarterback. Hell, some teams needed a third quarterback. LSU needed, what, about six quarterbacks last year? I'm, I'm being hyperbolic, but, I mean, there were teams that had to play backup quarterbacks at times. Ole Miss had to play backup quarterbacks at times, obviously, against Auburn and then against Baylor. I mean, Matt went down, and you had to bring somebody else in for a minute. Yeah, it was Tennessee when he came out for a minute. Was it Auburn? Or it was, was Auburn. It? Yeah, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. Where it looked yeah. like he was – I mean, and he came back and, right. and played. But, yeah, he missed some time, and Luke had to come in and operate a couple of series. Kind of was that way around the country. I mean, Auburn had quarterback issues. I'm just thinking about the West. LSU had quarterback issues. I guess Mississippi State went with the same guy the whole year. He He made it. He did. Um, there were moments for Arkansas where the uh, the the young kid had to come in for Jefferson because he got banged up. Um, Texas A and M obviously lost a quarterback early in the season. I mean, you just go, you know, Alabama. I guess Bryce Young was able to go the whole year, but yeah, you, you know, there's a decent chance you're going to have to play a a backup quarterback meaningful snaps. Um, just quickly, I saw it got mentioned somewhere else, uh, or at least maybe it was on the board, maybe in the thread. Uh, Ole Miss women's basketball losing to South Dakota in the first round of the play tournament, and then the Coyotes turning around and popping Baylor yesterday. They, oh, uh, really? I don't think Baylor ever led. South Dakota wins by 15 or so. Um, wow. Breaking the Bears' 12-year streak and at least the Sweet 16. Um, yeah, they 
they moved the basketball. I mean, I didn't see a ton of it, but South Dakota really moved the basketball. Um, they were impressive. So now they are into uh, – I again, I have no clue what the bracket looks like. Women's, I did see where the women's tournament had a lot more upsets than usual, which is good for their product. That's, yeah. that's a positive in trying to gain more traction is more upsets, not letting there be such little parity where the ones and twos just roll through the whole thing. I think at least two tens have beaten twos. Oh, so far, which is a, a a big deal for that sport. It really is. That's a that's a that's a big thing. So uh, yeah, South Dakota knocks off Baylor to uh, to get into uh, the Sweet Sixteen again. Baylor there in their first year without Kim Mulkey. LSU held off a hell of a charge from Jackson State. Jackson State played really well in the women's uh, the women's tournament, by the way. Also, so uh, the other big store on the men's side, Iowa State, the Cyclones playing the Hurricanes in the next game. Oh, yeah. uh, they. Uh, Iowa State goes from two and twenty-two to the Sweet Sixteen in one season. Yeah, I know nothing about the roster. I don't know how they did it. I know they have a first-year coach, but that's incredible. Pretty damn impressive. Yeah, that's it, incredible. It, it's 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 whatever it is. Uh, he came from UNLV, so I mean, Iowa State's been a pretty good program. It's from a program standpoint, it's not really a shock. But so who's left? You have it in front of you, the brackets. Yeah, I do. Or I did. Yeah, I do. Um, I know I wrote about it last night, but I. Yeah, while I'm finding that, I will tell you the podcast brought to you by Visit Oxford. Visit OxfordMS.com, the community, community market, tomorrow afternoon on the uh, the 22nd. The Oxford Film Festival coming up as well, March 23rd to March 27th for uh, for that. So it is uh, it is back in its uh, normal environment there with the Film Festival. You can find out more at ox-film.com to see the schedule of events and much more again. March 23rd to March 27th, and then huge weekend this weekend. If you have not gotten all your hotels, remember to do that for Double Decker as well, as it is a big weekend with the Grove Bowl, with Ole Miss State Baseball, and much more. So for all those different things, Oxford, sorry, visit OxfordMS.com. We're also brought to you by Service Specialist Staffing and Recruiting Agency. They've been connecting great job opportunities to candidates since 1967. If you're on the job hunt, if you're seeking an entry-level position or you're a seasoned professional, Service Specialist has opportunities across the board, whether you're in IT, engineering, dentistry, accounting, law, manufacturing, human resources, or maybe you don't even know what you're looking for. They can help you at Service Specialist. Their goal is to get to know you, your strengths, and see what you're looking for in your next career move to help you find the right fit. Uh, using Service Specialist is free for the candidate. All conversations are kept confidential, so you have nothing to lose by giving them a call. Just get in touch with Will, Sydney, or Kelsey at uh, 662-832-5138 or check out their new and improved website at servicespecialistltd.com. We're also brought to you by The Rogue. The Rogue, your destination for fine men's clothing. Their stylist hand select pieces from top designers from work to lifestyle to nightlife. There's the perfect something for everyone at The Rogue. 4450 I-55 North in Jackson or therogue.com. Don't just accept what you see, but imagine something new. Step forward and chase after a better version of yourself. Every day, Corinth Dental is helping people reinvent themselves. One smile at a time, Dr. Bubba McQueen, Dr. Jenny Beth Hendrick are devoted to restoring and enhancing the natural beauty of your smile using conservative state-of-the-art procedures, including Invisalign. These clear aligners are the virtually invisible way to improve your smile. So call Corinth Dental today for a no-cost digital scan of your teeth. Let them show you the way to a straighter Healthier smile, 12 months, no interest, no down payment financing available at CorinthDental.com. Also brought to you by Bell & Grove. 
Uh, Daryl Oliver, Evan Dial, Built Bell & Grove. It's a logistic provider with more than 35 years of transportation industry experience. They specialize in domestic freight movement throughout the continental U.S. Bell & Grove can navigate through supply chain issues while also leaning on their partner carriers to get the most competitive rates possible for their customers. In addition, Bell & Grove can help customers design a custom solution for their shipping needs. If you're in need of moving a truckload, a partial shipment, or a flatbed, Bell & Grove can accommodate you with both air and ground expedited services as well. 865-672-6557 to get in touch with Daryl Oliver there at Bell & Grove. And we're brought to you by Southern Traditions. Uh, Southern Traditions Farm, it's a 68-acre, 32-stall, upscale equestrian training and boarding facility in Canton, Mississippi. They've been competing in Florida the last few weekends, winning tons of awards, having tons of success. If you want to uh, learn more about Southern Traditions, whether it's horseback riding offerings um, or buying your first horse, whether it's um, boarding, lessons, sales, whatever the case may be, get in touch with the people at Southern Traditions Farm. It's Bowers Cone 1, B-O-W-E-R-S, Cone, the number one, at gmail.com, or message them on Facebook or Instagram at Southern Traditions Farm. Podcast is brought to you by PrimeShrimp.com. That's PrimeShrimp.com. You know, your first order, you get $20 off with the code MPW. That is uh, shrimp delivered straight to your door. they got three different flavors going on right now. The two that we've been talking about for a long time, the signature season, the French Quarter Alfredo, and the best one yet, the Louisiana cry, uh, Shrimp Boil. A little spicier, more what you would expect from a uh, a shrimp bowl recipe there. So, again, that's primeshrimp.com. Get it straight to your door. And once you do that, it goes from freezer to plate in less than 10 minutes. You just pop the pouch of boiling water. And it is ready to go by itself or with uh, whatever else you'd like to put it on, salads, make shrimp and grits, or other things there with Prime Shrimp. So, again, primeshrimp.com. You co- use code MPW for $20 off your first order. Yeah, NCAA bracket. So, we are down to the Sweet 16. As you mentioned, you've got Gonzaga and Arkansas, and the winner plays Texas Tech or Duke. And uh, in this one, by far the most competitive region remaining. Uh, four yeah. really good teams. Yeah, be kind of fun to watch Duke and Gonzaga with Boncaro against Holmgren. That'd be that'd be two really good offensive teams. Yeah, that'd be fun. Texas Tech just suffocates you defensively. That's yeah. kind of their deal. Kind of. I like, like Tech. I like Tech and the Steel a little bit. The whole region, maybe wouldn't shock you. Wouldn't shock to get me. out. Yeah, they they play with some edge, and the Big Twelve clearly is at a very good tournament. They have. I could see them easily winning, at least beating Duke. I do think they beat Duke, and then go from there. That game, I don't see a time on it right now. Um, it's Thursday because the <coughs> Arkansas and Gonzaga is a 6 p.m. Central game, so it's okay. right after that. The opposite side of the top half is Arkansas. I'm sorry, Arizona and Houston playing. And um, well, you better you better bring a lunch against Houston the way they're playing right now. That's not a gimme playing a five seed right there. They are. You? you talk about teams that have a coach's personality. Uh-huh. That, the Kelvin Sampson stamp is all over that Houston team. They are physical. They're, some, they're fun. Uh, Michigan and Villanova awaiting the winner of Arizona and Houston. I'll watch. Michigan's playing really well. It's also a gift for Villanova at the same time. Um, in a way. But I mean, you're playing an 11 seed. It's a... Yeah, they were the, basically maybe the last team in the tournament. I mean, they were seventeen and fourteen in the regular yeah. season, um, which was a competitive Big Ten. I mean, they again they had a bad tournament. It was but yeah, very competitive Big Ten. 
And on the bottom half, uh, one side is going completely scratch, and one side is definitely not. As I mentioned, Iowa State playing Miami. That's a 10 versus an 11 to get mm. to the Elite Eight. And then on the top half, it has gone scratch, Kansas and Providence on, yeah. the, uh, on the other side. Really, I've been a little bit of a sleepy part of the bracket right there. Kansas has sort of just worked their way through it. They, they beat Creighton 79-72. And then Providence has not had really, you know, they beat Richmond seventy nine fifty one after their opener. So Providence is really gritty. They'll they'll be fun to watch against Kansas. So Kansas in a good shape to get out, I would assume. Um, the other side of that side, Purdue and St. Peter's. So Purdue getting to the Elite Eight if they can get past the fifteen seed. Uh, pretty good bracket yeah. there. If you're the Boilermakers, that opened up for you, buds. It's 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 right there. Um, and then the winner of that game will get North Carolina or UCLA. Oh. Yeah, an eight versus a four. In That'd that be a good one. game. Yeah. I like Purdue getting to the Final Four out of that group. Purdue 81, Texas 71. Yeah. Over Chris Beard and the Longhorns. Purdue's good. I mean, they're, they're legitimately good. And they have a – I'm not sure who Jared Ivey comps to at the mm-hmm. next level. I've listened to a lot of draft stuff where people have tried to kind of figure out where to put him. He he gets some John Morant comparisons, but I think most of that is hairstyle. It's not actually play style. Because um, he, he plays a he plays like a big two. He's super athletic. A lot of people think he could actually play some point in the NBA. So there, if you're looking for a reason to watch Purdue, it's if you like the NBA at all, Ivy's going to be a top four pick. Saw from Greg Doyle that Purdue had played a Chris Beard team like five times in the last seven tournaments or something. Is that right? Yeah, when he was at Stephen F. Austin and then maybe Tech and then now Texas. They yeah. just kept running into him over over times. Chris Beard had Texas playing a lot better. He's going to stay there a while. Texas is going to be a beast when they get into the SEC. Mm-hmm. I mean, everybody just needs to prepare for that. And Porter Moser did a good job at Oklahoma in year one. Yeah. They had their season ends last night. They lost to St. Bond. Bonaventure in the NIT last night. Um, Vanderbilt's still in the NIT. Are they? Yeah, because we've been making fun of Chris Lee because – They rolling through it? Chris, um, we had a little – me and Gabe and Chris had a little text thing going where Chris was was um, making fun of the Ole Miss-Missouri game because one of us was going to have to cover yeah, another yeah, game. Yeah. And we pointed out to him that you're jinxing yourself. Bainey's going to hang on and be around for a while. They go. and... They're going to have to go to New York. <laughs> <laughs> Who have they beaten? Uh, I can't remember. They beat okay. they beat Dayton yesterday. Maybe Did they? I think so. Okay, Alan makes a good point. There was a it was it was it was fun, but it was really interesting watching Arkansas, New Mexico, and Memphis and Gonzaga. Because it did not look like they were even playing the same sport. Mm-hmm. I mean, it one was a defensive bogged down well, grind, and one they're just flying. New Mexico State, whose coach just got the job. Yeah, at, we'll talk about that tomorrow. At Mississippi State, we have plenty of time. But they play this methodical plotting offense that slows the game down and, and i don't know works with elite players mm, well, it didn't work well, it we'll didn't, talk about it tomorrow i mean arkansas if arkansas just shoots fairly well that's a blowout yeah for whatever reason arkansas just couldn't make a bucket it wasn't because the shots were contested they were just missing open shots maybe their legs were tired i don't know what you know who knows um yeah i don't i don't know i've had coaches that i know tell me Hey man, Jans is a perfect fit for Mississippi State. Okay, maybe so. I just kind of question that style of play. Can you get 
elite yeah. kids to sign up for that. Yeah. No, I agree with that. So we'll see. But fun tournament. It's been uh, it's been good. Oh, Enough upsets to make it interesting. That's a good comp for Ivy, Dwayne Wade. The way we can pop people to Hall of Famers, but yes. Well, but there's a lot of similarities in his game. He gets the Ja Morant thing because they have identical hairstyles. Oh. And Ja's just a monster right now. He is. He's so good. Anyway. We'll talk about it more tomorrow. I thought, like I said, I don't even know why I'm necessarily focused on that. I just thought the missed opportunity for Murray was so big the other night. Like, sure. I thought if you look at teams and who just straight up missed some chances. Yeah. Murray might be number one to – they go 31-2, and two, they get the respect of a seven, and then you lose And then you the get 15. a 15 in the second round, and you don't get it done. It's brutal. I mean, how many yeah. chances are you going to have to get back there? Just played really And at poorly. a place like Murray, if you make the Sweet 16, it's it's just all gravy after that. Beating the team that beat Kentucky. I mean, you got yeah. all the little stuff. And, and you wonder if they got so geeked up at the idea of playing Kentucky that when it was taken away from them, uh, they just couldn't get going. Instead of going, hey, opportunity. I'll never guys. forget. Like in, I, I wonder whether Andy would admit this. The LaSalle thing? I think the Ole Miss kids wanted to play Kansas State in Kansas City. In that second round game, I think that would have been like big packed house and stuff. And instead, and I don't know what happened with Murray State and stuff the other night, but instead, if you remember, it was Kansas played somebody right before the Ole Miss LaSalle game, Mm -hmm. and the arena emptied out, and it was kind of dead. And it felt like if you just sat there for the Ole Miss LaSalle game, and I'm not talking about X's and O's or anything like that. I'm just talking about environment. You would have thought, this is kind of one of those December mm-hmm. non-conference games. Mm-hmm. Like you're playing a good team, but nobody really cares. And it felt like that for a long time. And I'll, I've always kind of wondered what would have happened if Ole Miss would have gotten Kansas State and that state place had been packed. And that was a team that fed off emotion with Marshall Henderson and stuff. And so you wonder if Murray State the other night – after winning a game where the arena's really charged, when you play St. Peter's and the arena's kind of dead because nobody really gives can you you can't create it in St. Peter's at Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. They don't care. They don't play in front of anybody ever. So what difference yeah. does it make? And I've always just kind of wondered. Because the carry for Ole Miss was, hey, if you win, you get to go play Gonzaga at Staples. Yeah. But they couldn't. Yeah. yeah. That should have been the character. Should have been. Yeah. And for whatever reason, they just couldn't match the energy early, and then you know the rest. Yeah. So, All right, we'll talk more about uh, Chris Jans at Mississippi State tomorrow. We'll hit some more tournament stuff. Again, Ole Miss very possibly getting rained out again tomorrow. The forecast looks terrible, but they're supposed to play at AutoZone at 6 o'clock tomorrow night for uh, one of two straight days against the uh, the Memphis Tigers. So we'll uh, – Talk about whatever comes up between now and then, and then obviously spring football starting tomorrow as well. So, no, I'm Chase. We'll talk to you again tomorrow.